this month. The exercises follow a series of drills near Taiwan over the past few days. You're listening to the news on RTHK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3. Good morning from me, Peter Lewis. It's 8.03 in Hong Kong on Monday the 8th of August. Welcome to a new week of Money Talk on Radio 3. A stellar US jobs report released on Friday has created a dilemma for the Fed. The July jobs report contained everything the Fed didn't want to see to enable it to back away from further aggressive interest rate hikes. Jobs growth surged. Previous month's numbers were revised upwards. The unemployment rate dropped. The labour force participation rates fell, meaning less supply of workers available, and average hourly earnings rose sharply. The US added 528,000 new jobs last month, more than double the 250,000 economists had forecast, and defying expectations for a slowdown in the labour market. On Saturday, Fed Governor Michelle Bowman said she supports the central bank's recent 75 basis points rate increases and believes that they should continue until inflation is subdued. China's biggest ever military drills around Taiwan continued for a fourth day Sunday. Shipping vessels are avoiding Taiwan's top ports, creating what could be delayed export shipments of electronic goods. Some ships are having to manoeuvre around China's drill zones to access Taiwan's largest port of Kaohsiung in the south of the island. Kaohsiung is a major gateway for vessels picking up Taiwanese semiconductor chips and it's also where state refiner CPC Core makes petrochemicals to supply manufacturers around the world. Some 6.2 million people in Hong Kong received $2,000 of consumption vouchers yesterday with a further 3,000 due later in the year. Financial Secretary Paul Chan said the arrival of the second round of government vouchers would provide some stimulus for a local economy that's in need of urgent support. And he pointed out that retail sales grew by 11.7% in April when the first batch of spending vouchers was distributed. On today's Money Talk, we're joined by Alex Wong of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management and Le Char at BBVA with a view from mainland China is Brock Silvers from Kion Capital. On Wall Street, US stocks opened weaker on Friday, but recovered from their lows of the day to end the session just modestly lower. The S&P 500 shed 0.2% to end at 4,145. The Nasdaq Composite lost half a percent, falling to 12,658. Still, both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq ended the first week of August higher, with weekly gains of 0.4% and 2.2% respectively. The Dow gained 77 points, or 0.2%, to end at 32,803. But even with Friday's gains, however, it fell 0.1% on the week. The Pan-European Stock 600 Index was down 0.6% over the week. The UK's FTSE 100 rose 0.2% over the five days. Hong Kong stocks rose for a third consecutive day Friday. The Hang Seng Index added 28 points, or 0.1%, to 20,202. But the rally was uninspiring, as traders remain concerned over deteriorating US-China relations and the new COVID-related lockdown in the commercial hub of Yiwu in central Zhejiang province, which is a major source of manufactured goods for the rest of the world. For the week, the Hang Seng... 
the Hang Seng was up 0.2%. The Hang Seng Tech Index rose 0.8% Friday for a weekly gain of 2%. On the mainland, the Shanghai Composite rallied 1.2% to 3,227, leaving it down 0.8% on the week. And Taiwan's benchmark stock index rose 2.3% on Friday to erase its losses for the week as traders absorbed the risk from China's military drills around the island. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil saw a weekly loss of 10% and it's trading at $93.99 a barrel this morning. Copper was up half a percent on the week. Gold was down just over 1% at $1,775 an ounce. In response to the jobs report, Treasury yields jumped Friday. The yield on the two-year note, which is particularly sensitive to moves in interest rates, surged 21 basis points Friday to a two-week high of 3.25%. The 10-year Treasury yield jumped 17 basis points to 2.85%. And the difference between the yields inverted further, with the two-year yield 40 basis points higher than the 10-year. That's its most inverted since August 2000. And the US dollar index followed Treasury yields higher on Friday, rising 0.8%. The Japanese yen tumbled 1.4% to near 135 against the dollar, the lowest level of the week. The euro is trading at one dollar one and three quarter cents. Sterling is nearly one percent weaker over the week at one dollar twenty and three quarter cents and nine Hong Kong dollars and forty-seven cents. The Chinese yuan is at 6.76 and a half in offshore markets and Bitcoin was down about 2% over the week and is trading at $23,100. A new week has just started around Asia-Pacific stock markets. In Australia, the ASX 200 is down 0.2%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is off 0.1%. The Cosby is down about a third of a percent and futures markets pointing to losses of about 140 points for the Hang Seng at the open this morning. Times 8.09, let's welcome our regular Monday morning commentator, Alex Wong, director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management Company. Morning, Alex. Hi, morning, Peter. And also joining us, Le Shah, who is Asia Chief Economist at BBVA. Morning, Shark. Morning, Peter. Let's start with that US jobs report. The US economy added 528,000 new jobs. That's more than double the 250,000 economists had forecast. And the figure for June was revised up by 26,000. And also uh, May's figure was revised up by another 2,000. The unemployment rate dropped to 3.5% from 3.6%, matching the 50-year low reached just before the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. And that means the U.S. labor market has now recovered all of the 22 million jobs lost since then. And the labor force participation rate, which is the share of adults working or seeking a job, declined 0.1 percentage point to 62.1 percent. That's its lowest level of the year. And finally, wage growth surged as average hourly earnings jumped half a percent for the month and 5.2 percent from a year ago. Um, Alex and Shark, if you look at it, I suppose from uh, any economic perspective, it's a great report, isn't it? But not what the Fed wanted to see. Yes, of course. I think uh, this is uh, much stronger than expected. And this means that the economy is not in recession mode. Um, so um, very likely we would see continuous rate hike uh, by the Fed. But I think uh, the market is more resilient than uh, we thought because mm. um, the 
actually the the U.S. markets uh, recover after the initial losses, and and also I think uh, people probably uh, look at the uh, commodity prices more seriously uh, because um, the commodity prices uh, remain soft. So I think that is why uh, the the market is is not too concerned about the inflation right now. If the jobs market, if anything, it's actually getting even hotter, isn't it? It's not cooling down as the Fed wants to see. Oh yes, uh, but but I think uh, the the point is uh, the commodity commodity markets actually has cooled off. So uh, probably the other parts of the world play a part in 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 this uh, commodity softness. Mm. So I think uh, U.S. actually is benefiting from this, and also a strong dollar also help. So that's why I think uh, people uh, may reckon the inflationary pressures is a little bit easing off. How does this square with all these reports we're hearing of large firms now uh, laying off thousands of people? We've heard it from some big tech firms as well, from Walmart, um, from other firms. They're, they're laying off people, but yet uh, the, 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 the jobs market is still improving. So that means I think uh, probably we see uh, some changes in jobs uh, uh, requirements. Uh, probably people are, are being laid off by the large corp, but uh, we are probably seeing some um, mm. new rise in other uh, area. Shark, what, what do you make of this? I mean, and in particular, what does it mean for the Fed? Uh, I'm a little bit pessimistic about this one because we know that in the past it is uh, commodity price they drive this uh, kind of the inflation. But increasingly, we know this labor market situation is very important for the uh, inflation. Uh, especially if you look at uh, the job report, we see this uh, wage increase is uh, faster than people expected. So that means uh, uh, Fed, they must worry about this situation and they need to make sure this uh, uh, the current situation will not uh, deteriorate to this. So we can see the price wage sparrows in the past. That means uh, when people ask more higher, ask for higher wage, and uh, these uh, uh, firms need to increase their product prices, and then they could uh, create such uh, a bad interactions uh, between price and wage. So, mm. uh, but we still have time because uh, this. Month we don't have this uh, Fed monetary policy meeting. Uh, next month's uh, policy meeting should be on twentieth and twenty first, if I didn't make mistake. So by that time, I think we already uh, have more information about this uh, price level in uh, Ju- July and in August. I think if Fed see some signals of the softening of this price, maybe they can. Uh, hike by 50, right, 50 base point. But if they see this uh, inflation continue to to increase, show no signals of the softening, I think uh, they have to stick with this uh, 75 basis point hike. So, yeah, I think so, this uh, kind of the monetary tightening is continuing. So that means that we've got inflation data, U.S. inflation data uh, coming out on Wednesday. That's really going to be essential, isn't it? Because if that is also stronger than expected as well, um, then really there's nothing to stop the Fed uh, being more aggressive with its interest rate hikes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, I like to say that next policy meeting, we will see August uh, data too. So mm. <laughs> maybe this month's uh, data out is the, not that important compared to the next month. Yeah. Does, does this settle the argument about whether the U.S. is in a recession or not? We've had those two uh, consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, but then you have this jobs report. Yeah, this uh, technical recession already happened, right? So in the first half of the year. But if you look at the job market situation, if you look at the other uh, real activity indicators, uh, I like to say so far, uh, the chance to have a real, I mean, this uh, 
determined by a group of the experts and not by this uh, GDP data itself. Mm. Uh, so this real uh, recession uh, is still um, away from us. Yeah. Alex, what does this mean for the markets? We've had this jobs report. We've got the inflation data uh, coming out this week. And the markets have really been um, assuming that inflation is close to peaking um, and maybe we've seen the Fed at its most aggressive. Um, the markets appear to be wrong, don't they? I think uh, probably we may see polarization. First of all, uh, the market probably would uh, more tilted towards uh, the US market and uh, other parts of the world which would benefit from a strong dollar. Uh, but uh, emerging markets actually probably may suffer. So uh, I think uh, we would see this kind of uh, polarization because I think uh, right now the market got it right on the um, bond market and also in the FX market. Mm. So that means that we are seeing a strong dollar and a weaker treasury right now after the data. And that trend actually continued. So uh, we are likely to see uh, the market being polarized. So I think emerging markets may suffer. And then the uh, Japan probably and Europe probably may, may, may not be too bad because of uh, the beneficiary, because they are beneficiaries of a strong dollar. Are equities sort of putting more um, weight on the earnings reports because they are beating expectations, aren't they, out of the ones out yes, so far? Uh, about 78% of them have beaten expectations. Yes, as a whole, uh, they are benefiting. But of, of course, uh, we are seeing some corporates which, are, uh, which decline a lot after the results. Say uh, cybersecurity stocks actually retreated a lot after overtaking that results. So we are lucky to see uh, different uh, reactions uh, in in different sectors. So uh, this is a polarized market, but as a whole, I think uh, US would outperform other markets because um, if you look at the price action, actually people are more bullish towards the US uh, or corporates right now. Shark, if we get this strong inflation report on on Wednesday, does the trend continue? The U.S. dollar continues to move higher. Bond yields continue to move higher. Um, and what does that mean for for this region out here in particular? I agree with you because if you see very high inflation outturns uh, in July, I think this kind of a trend will continue. We will see stronger dollar because people expect they are going to hike interest rate. At the same time, we will see this uh, the good bond market reaction. I like mm. to say, yeah. And and what about local markets? Uh, here, Alex, we've we've sort of um, really um, lost some of our outperformance that we had in June, haven't we? To, to global yep. markets, the uh, the uh, the Hang Seng is down about ten percent now from its recent high. Um, what's the outlook? I think uh, we should be more concerned about the loss in liquidity here, because uh, if you look at the recent uh, turnover in the market, actually, it it was uh, exceptionally low. Mm. So I think. Uh, it means that people are losing interest here uh, because of uh, all kinds of uncertainties. So we are very likely to see underperformance here uh, until uh, I think uh, there are signs of uh, uh, interest coming back. But right now, uh, I think uh, the most likely uh, uh, the most likely development is that we will be edging lower with a low turnover. I think that, that probably will be the case here. And also a strong dollar would not help. So uh, we, 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 we are quite bearish right, right now. I mean, I, I was always taught a long time ago, follow the capital and follow people. And the, and the thing we've got with Hong Kong is capital is leaving and people are leaving. That's not really a good sign, is it? Yeah, and also we lack stories uh, because right now there are no stories to, to boost the um, uh, sentiment here. Uh, 
tech sectors are, are, are not that good. And even uh, with good results from Alibaba and HSBC, the reactions actually last only half day. So mm. I think uh, that, 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 that show the sentiment here is really bad. Yeah. Um, Shao, tell me about the Hong Kong um, economy. We've had the, the another $2,000 of consumption vouchers uh, issued yesterday. Um, Paul Chan rightly points out that in April... Uh, when they were last released, there was a big jump um, in, in retail sales. Although if you look at the latest economic data, um, consumer spending was flat, wasn't it, between uh, June and July. What, what do you think this is going to do for the economy? Is it going to give it a big boost or not? Uh, I think definitely they will give some boost to the economy because uh, uh, if you distribute the money directly to people, they will consume part of them. Mm. But I don't expect we are going to see the big uh, impact as the last round because the last round, the, the society, they just come out of this uh, pandemic one. And then the people, they have some pent up demand and people, they have stay in home. I think for quite a long time, and then they they, they show enthusiasm uh, for this consuming. But this time, I think uh, in the past several months, everything normalized. Uh, so this additional boost should be limited compared to the last round. And also, if you look at Hong Kong's economy, uh, unfortunately, I think the more problem is. Uh, related to these uh, quarantine policies. We haven't opened our doors to the rest of the world yet. I'm seeing more and more people say we're not going to get any growth at all this year now in the Hong Kong economy. Uh, last week, the Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce uh, slashed its four-year four forecast to now minus half a percent, down from its February estimate of 1.2 percent. What, what do you think? Do you think we are going to see any growth or not? Um, I don't think we can see net, uh, positive growth this year for Hong Kong. Yeah, our in-house uh, estimate even <laughs> lower than this uh, General Chambers one. So uh, that means, uh, yeah, the people will suffer. Alex, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see any growth this year in the economy? I don't think so. I think uh, we are likely to see uh, continued weakness un unless we, are, uh, we have a change in the, um, in the COVID policy here. Hmm. What is the impact of Taiwan going to be on the, uh, on the local markets here? We've had these four days of drills, uh, which are supposed to be over um, now. We've had a sort of a short-term hit to the markets in uh, in mainland China here in uh, in also Taiwan as well. Is it over now, or do you think there's more long-lasting effects? I think uh, it probably may just a uh, uh, short-term impact, and uh, and the most apparent one is that we are seeing some speculative interest in uh, semiconductor plays in China and Hong Kong. And I don't think that will last long. I think we're likely we are to 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 see low turnovers with low interest because of Taiwan a concern. So, uh, but uh, the, in terms of price, probably may not have too much impact. Uh, the the it is already reflected. But I think uh, the real impact is in the uh, trading interest. So uh, volume probably remain low. Mm. Is this a big setback for U.S.-China relations? Some people are saying, you know, it's setback now. Uh, the chances of U.S. and China working together by by many years. How, how do you see it? Yeah, I think uh, uh, I hope Alex is right, but uh, I think there's still some risk. This uh, kind of uh, U.S.-China confrontation will escalate uh, because now we have seen China make some response to the U.S. actions, but next step will how uh, U.S. will make reactions uh, to, to China. So mm. if they cannot control themselves, the, the things will become uh, unmanageable. So that means uh, 
around this uh, Taiwan issue, the China and the U.S., uh, they will play a new game, a more risky game, I like to say. Uh, hopefully, uh, they can uh, make sure everything under control. But uh, I like to say this kind of misfire risk is very, very high at the moment. What's it doing to supply chains? Because this blockade almost, it is a form of a blockade, isn't it? It is disrupting shipping in and out of, uh, of Taiwan and uh, those ships are containing semiconductors. Is this just another hit to global supply chains? Yes, I think there's a big hit to the global supply chain. And we can see this uh, short term, uh, we, we see a lot of the de delayed delivery of these uh, semiconductor uh, chips or, and other uh, important goods. And in the, over the long run, uh, you can imagine that uh, the people, they were reluctant to invest in this area, either on Taiwan side or on mainland China side. So that could create uh, uh, some kind of a acceleration of this decoupling uh, between China and the uh, U.S., I think. Do you worry, Alex, that there could be supp more supply chain disruptions adding to what we're already seeing? Yeah, of course, uh, there is always a risk. I think uh, uh, that, that is something of concern, yeah. Okay, well, thank you both very much. Have a good week. You heard that, Alex Wong, director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management Company, and Lashar, who is Asia Chief Economist at BBVA. <laughs> You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. RTHK Radio 3. The time's 8.24. On the phone now is Brock Silvers, Chief Investment Officer at Kion Capital. Morning, Brock. Hello, Brock. Can you hear me? Okay, well, it seems like we're going to have to try um, and get Brock Silvers uh, back on the phone. We'll hopefully to uh, be able to talk to him in uh, in just one moment. In the meantime, uh, let me just play this for you, and then while we try and get uh, while we try and get Brock uh, back on the phone. This is Uncle Ray. To fight COVID-19, we need to pay attention to our personal hygiene and follow the social distancing protocol. And of course, getting the COVID-19 vaccine is the best way to protect yourself and your loved ones. We will fight this together. And hopefully we have on the phone now Brock Silvers, who's Chief Investment Officer at Kyan Capital. Morning, Brock. Can you hear me now? Hello. Hopefully, we're trying to find Brock Silvers. <laughs> Don't seem to be having too much uh, too much luck uh, with, with the phones. We'll try and uh, we'll try and keep uh, uh, trying to get uh, Brock Silvers on the phone. All being well. All being well. From mental health to physical fitness. From trendy sustainable tips to the latest COVID news. We've got you covered. Every week, we'll be joined by experts from all walks of life to talk about all things wellness. Because, well, you, you deserve, deserve to be well. Join me, Ben Cullen. And me, Alison Howe. Every Saturday at 3 p.m. Live on RTHK TV 31. And live on RTHK Radio 3. All, all being well. well. 
Tune in to our new television channel, RTHK TV 34, relaying CGTN Documentary, the English language service which tackles a range of serious subjects from a unique Chinese perspective. A search of your TV will take you there. Stay tuned. RTHK TV 34, CGTN Documentary. Well, we will try just one more time, see if we can uh, raise Brock Silvers, who hopefully is uh, is on the phone. We are having a few problems with the phone lines uh, this morning. Brock, good morning. Are you are you on the phone? No, nope, it doesn't look like uh, he is. Let me tell you a little bit about what I wanted to talk about with him. China's placed unspecified sanctions on U.S. House Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi and her immediate family following her controversial visit to Taiwan, making her the most senior U.S. politician to have been sanctioned by China. Beijing also cut off crucial climate, military and anti-drug talks with the U.S., as punishment for failing to prevent the trip. And um, China and America unveiled, and, and also Beijing, um, China and America, sorry, unveiled a climate pact, as you may remember, at the COP26 climate summit in Glasgow last year. But discussion, discussions on furthering that uh, seem to be coming to a halt at the moment. China's foreign ministry uh, said the country is also suspending dialogue between senior military commanders, talks over cross-border crime prevention and repatriating illegal immigrants. Uh, Meanwhile, um, China's biggest ever military drills continued yesterday for a fourth day with aircraft and warships crossing the median line. That's the informal dividing line in the strait between the mainland and the island. China said China's military drills on Saturday appear to be simulating an attack on its main island and China's declared six exclusion zones in locations encircling the island. As a result, more than 50 international flights to and from Taiwan have been cancelled. Shipping vessels avoiding Taiwan's top ports, creating what could be delayed export shipments of electronic goods. Almost half of the global container fleet And 88% of the world's largest ships pass through the Taiwan Strait uh, this year. So unfortunately, uh, we can't bring you uh, Brock Silvers, but what I will do is I will try and give you an update on how the markets are looking around the Asia-Pacific region. This morning, first of all, in Australia, uh, the ASX 200 uh, is down about 0.2%. Nikkei 225 in Japan uh, is pretty well flat at the moment, half an hour or so after the open. The Cosby in South Korea, that's down half a percent. Uh, Futures markets, they're pointing uh, towards a loss of about 140 points or so at the open when trading gets going later on this morning. Elsewhere in the markets, uh, Brent crude oil, that's trading at $97.10 a barrel. Gold right now is at $1,772 an ounce. And uh, Bitcoin uh, is also pretty well, actually up a little bit. It's trading now at $23,200. Thank you very much for listening uh, this morning. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock with more Money Talk and hopefully with our phones working and our guests back in place. Stay tuned for Back back Chat coming up after the news. Jim Gould and Mike Krause will be with you this morning. The weather forecast for today, uh, mainly cloudy, a few showers and squally thunderstorms. Sunny intervals during the day. The maximum temperature will be around 31 degrees and the outlook is for it to be windy with heavy squally showers and thunderstorms on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, There is a thunderstorm warning in force. It is 26 degrees, 94% relative humidity. Time's 8.30. Here's Andrew Shrosky with the Half Hour News.
Thank you, Peter. The operator of two community vaccination centers says almost 300 children under the age of three have been brought in for their COVID jabs since the government lowered the age limit to six months from Thursday. Dr. Samuel Kwok said he expected that figure to increase slowly. He told RTHK that the parents didn't appear to be too concerned about the Sinovac jab, given that it used the inactivated virus similar to the flu vaccine. In fact, infants or young kids receiving vaccination is pretty common and pretty usual stuff or routine for kids. So now that we're using Sinovac, which is an inactivated virus vaccine, it's quite similar to the flu vaccine, in fact. So I think parents are not very concerned about harms or any side effects from this. So they just come and receive. Of course, there are a few inquiries and questions about what are the conditions and things that whether they're suitable, but not too much. Dr. Kwong, Dr. Kwok also said his center still had between 20 and 50 people a day coming in for their very first COVID jab. The Center for Health Protection says it has noticed an increase in the number of COVID cases linked to the more infectious Omicron subvariants. The center's Dr. Chuang Shukwan said about 10% of Saturday's cases are thought to involve either BA.4 or BA.5, while the average last week was 7.3%. Taken reference from WHO and Singapore and other places, uh, we understand that there's a growth advantage of BA.5 over other subvariants. So we can't exclude the possibility that BA.5 will further increase the proportion and uh, it will become the uh, circulating strain in Hong Kong. The U.S. Senate has passed the huge climate and health care spending bill that is a central part of Joe Biden's program as president. The bill will channel more than $400 billion toward his clean energy goals. It had been stuck in the Senate for months due to the opposition of two Democrats. It'll return to the House of Representatives for a final reading and is expected to be approved. The BBC's Peter Bowes reports. This is a pared-down version of Joe Biden's $2 trillion Build Back Better plan, but it's still the most consequential package of measures to fight climate change in US history. It includes a series of financial incentives aimed at steering the world's biggest economy away from fossil fuels. The bill also includes significant investments in healthcare, with measures to reduce prescription drug costs, and it imposes higher taxes on businesses with profits exceeding a billion With three months to go until America's midterm elections, the passage of this bill will be seen as a boost for the Democrats. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. Uh, I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Welcome back, Jim. Thank you. On today's programme, we're talking more about COVID-19 and also the unusually high number of imported malaria cases in Hong Kong. The Centre for Health Protection has said it's seen an increase in the more infectious Omicron sub-variants, while one prominent uh, government adviser has said the future coronavirus situation depends greatly on the spread of BA.5. Concern has also been expressed about the relatively low number of young children below the age of three who've uh, received a COVID vaccine jab or are booked for one. 
Meanwhile, the hospital authority has said that public health facilities could be put under pressure if the territory continues to see more imported malaria cases. As of yesterday, the figure had increased to 75. And after 9.15, we'll talk about cyber fraud related to dating apps after a study found that one in four young adults had fallen victim. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And we're joined uh, now on the line by our first guests, uh, Dr Vijay Danisakaran, Associate Professor at the Division of Public Health.